Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. Who we have with us today is Nick Davis. And Nick is a business and career coach with about 20 years of experience doing those, a Tony Robbins trained coach, and also a certified health coach. But prior to that, he had a career in financial services. Originally from London, England, he has moved across different places, you know, one of them being Asia, where he was in the Philippines and then came over to the U.S., was in Florida for a while, and now he calls Charlotte, North Carolina, home. Having said that, why don't I bring Nick on board and let him tell us a little bit about his background. Welcome, Nick. Glad to have you on the show. Rajiv, absolute pleasure. Very much uh, excited to be part of Plan B Success, for sure. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you began your journey and where are you right now? Yeah, as I hear you talk about my introduction, and thank you very much, what, what jumps to mind is, you know, right the, the genesis of when I started working. You know, I've been growing up in London, just well, just outside of London, actually. And I, I remember when I left high school, my dad wanted to take me uh, to the city of London to try and get a job. I didn't go to university and uh, or college, and I just didn't that, that didn't appeal to me at all. It was never really a question, and so we would spend time walking around the city of London trying to find a job. And that's when I got my first job working for a big bank <laughs> and taking uh, taking deal tickets from one from a from a well, people were writing deal tickets, put them in a tray. I take the tickets and then um, take them to the dealers, run around and do that all day long. And that was great. That was uh, before the tech boom back in back in two thousand. Genesis, and I really like, I love the work aspect of it. And what what do I mean by that? I mean, at school, I felt like it, there was no, there's nothing to tie it to. I couldn't really kind of any sort of expression. I like the 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 uh, the excitement part of it, but I never really asked myself what do I wanted to do. It's just this was the opportunity, so I took it. <laughs> so that's where I was. Uh, and over the years, that started to to change, and I. I worked for one bank for almost four years, and I got made redundant when we first, when people were first moving things out of London, moving to different locations. Uh, in that case, it was another place in England. And I worked for a bank. I started another bank when I was 20, 21, and I started to immediately. I enjoyed that as well, but I, and I immediately started to gravitate to to people and running teams. And I ran my first team when I was in my early twenties, and everyone else in the team was a bit older than me, been doing it longer than me, and. It's easy to look back now to see the themes, but at the time I did, I couldn't see that, of course. Um, but it was it was running teams and helping people, and that was always been a thing through my career. And and it came to I get an interesting look looking at the principles of it. it. Was well, I was I was quite good at what I was doing, even though I was just kind of following my nose, as you put it, as you can put it. Uh, and and because of that, I started to to get into more senior positions, and therefore I stopped doing the things that I enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting thing. So you're going to be successful at that. You end up wearing many hats. And I equate that now what happens in business as well. It's like you lead off to do something that you want to do. You end up having to wear these different hats uh, in your business as well, which is an interesting concept. And I, you know, I had, I had teams in England. I had teams in India. And I would do um, remote management. And I spent some time in India as well. And then 2008, 2009 hit, I decided to quit. I just basically got fed up. And I went with my friend and... Uh, we met at Starbucks one day in uh, near St Paul's Cathedral in London, and just said, "Should we just, should we just 
stop. <laughs> he, was, he was working in the consultant industry and we just decided that we'd quit and go traveling for a while. And we could do that. We were in our, in our mid-20s and I went traveling for a while and came back and asked for any job I could find that was outside of London. And I found myself working in the Philippines, which was an interesting experience. And I think it was when I, when I first got to the Philippines, I started to ask myself that question, Rajiv, you know, what do I really want to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, we talked briefly prior and it's like, it's, it's happenstance that I went into that industry and it was definitely good for me and I got stuff from it and I was able to contribute. I, I, at least I, I hope I was, but really I never asked myself that, com- that question, never stopped to think about what, what is life really about? What, what do I want here? What is happiness? So I started to read a few books and to think about that because here's the, here's the thing, Roger. For me, when I got to the Philippines, I really wanted to get my career back on track. And I didn't really know what that meant except that I thought that was the right thing to do. And it was just me at the time. I wasn't married and and we certainly didn't have any children. And it was work and then working out. And I did exactly what I wanted to do. Worked hard and then I worked out in the morning, I worked out in the evening. It was great. At least I thought it was. Until I realized that it's not enough. And, and, And just doing that same thing over and over wasn't enough. I really started that journey. And I've always wanted to live in America. And over the two years that I was in the Philippines, manufactured a move to move to Florida, where I met, met my wife, mm-hmm. which was the best thing that could have happened, of course. And, and then continue that journey of what do I want? And in investigating, if you like, a more philosophical path of what does it really mean? And I loved working uh, with, with people that were around me still and coaching and mentoring. So I, I, I feel like I've always done that. It's always something I've done. And I spent really the last couple of years in, in the corporate world just focused on that side of it. I found myself always in one-to-ones with people, uh, coaching them more on what they on what they wanted, what their goals were. But of course, it wasn't really what they wanted. It was more what the goals of the company were. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that was the real distinction for me. Is that and as now now I do this on a day-to-day basis. I can coach people on what they want most for themselves. And often that shows up in business, often that shows up in their career, but it's basically what they want for themselves. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been definitely been a few moments along the way, you know, for sure. Awesome. So, you know, you, the, your current company, ProAdvisor Coach, when did you get into that? Yeah. So when we moved actually from, from Florida to New York and lived there for a while, where our daughter was born, actually me and my wife. And it was through that process that I started to explore, well, how can I really do this all the time? You know, how, how can I leverage what I know, uh, give back, and then help people what they want? And, and I love the work that I do uh, for Tony Robbins and his clients, which is fantastic. And, and when we moved down to North Carolina, I really wanted to be focused on the area itself. You know, I, I, I believe I can help anyone. I really do. And it doesn't come from a place of ego. It just comes from a place of commitment. It just comes from a place of having a higher standard to hold myself to. Uh, and I think from that place that it's, you can serve better. Uh, and I really want to, I love ProAdvisor Coach because for many reasons, but one, because we're here in, in North Carolina. And so we get to work with people that are local, businesses that are local, which is a lot of fun and really to help build the community here. And I think we focus on influence. And I think it's, it's an interesting thing. It's topical right now as well uh, because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of things outside of us that people are focusing on uh, that they can't control, which creates a, an environment which doesn't feel very good, I think. 
And so one of the things I wanted to do was to work with the community here in Charlotte. Because I've moved around so much in my life, I've never really had that. Uh, and so that's one of the things I get to experience with, with Pro Advisor Coach. You know, one of the, the biggest thing that struck me, first of all, was the authenticity and message of what, what it is that we do, which is help people. It's build relationships, have relationship currency with, with others, and so we can help them build their careers, change their careers, make the jump, uh, which many, many people are afraid to do, of course. So let me, let me ask you this. You know, let me take you a little bit behind, uh, backward in your journey. So you, you went to the Philippines. You were on a job. How did you make it to the U.S.? Did you come on a job? I did. I did. When I got there, I knew pretty much after the first couple of months I didn't want to be there long term. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was an amazing experience to be there. Uh, and I'm a big believer in perspective or awareness and no doubt travel and experience in different countries is a fantastic way to, to get that. It's uh, distinctions that you can make by living in a different country. Uh, and I know from, from your story, uh, Rajiv, that you, you of course have lived in different countries and, and, uh, you know, originally not, not from, from the U S. Right. So you, when, when you make those distinctions, it's, it's things that pop out to you that others just kind of washes over. You're right. And, yeah. <clears throat> Although I knew it was going to be a very impactful experience, I knew I didn't want to be there long term. And so I spent the time working towards, and here's the distinction I, I'll share with you. I hope this is helpful. I, I remember going to my, my manager or my, my, at the time to talk about the move about where I wanted to go. And I know I wanted to move to the US. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, well, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Well, U.S. was on my top of the list, but also I was open to other other opportunities as well. I said, I don't know, whatever's available, whatever's available. And of course, from at the time, I was just thought I was being open to opportunities. But of course, from his point of view, it's making it more difficult because if I don't know where I want to go, how how's he going to know? <laughs> and so I thought that was very interesting. And what he asked me to do was to come up with three different locations that were might would be uh, top three, and three different types of roles that would be top three as well. Mm-hmm. And at that point, allowed me to start to, to drill down and work on the principle of, of getting clarity. Because once you have clarity, then you can take action, of course. So once you came to the US, you know, you still were working with the company that you were with. What is it that triggered the transition for you to what you're doing today, which is helping other people, coaching them, whether it's individuals or teams? And how did that come about? And how did you make that transition? You know, how, how did you go from doing a job all the way to becoming a coach. Yeah. It's interesting to look back and see the, the indicators along the way. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, when they think about making a change, they think about, okay, well, today is today and this is exactly how my life is. I'm in this current career. This is exactly where everything is. And tomorrow I'll be in a completely different place. And, of course, the reality is that that's usually over a period of time. And it feels like a big thing. If you just take, you think about it like that, I've got to jump all the way across the other side to be this completely different person, have a completely different identity. When the reality is all you've got to do is take one step, which follows the next step and the next step and so on and so forth. And so when I look back now, I can piece it together. At the time, it didn't feel like anything. So if I could go back and coach myself, I would ask myself to be much more aware of what the steps are the small steps to the built on that identity of who I am now going mm-hmm. through that process. 
you know, so, so some of the key milestones that jump out for me is just the acknowledgement that what I was doing didn't feel like I was connected to any cause that I really felt was important to me. And I think we see this, interestingly enough, in industries which, which pay well, to be quite honest. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people are in those industries because they pay well, not because they really want to be there. And so if it's a large, large organization, that's easy to have, get wrapped up into that and forget about what you really want. Uh, and, and to a point where I didn't really feel like I, I had any passion inside me. Because you know, people talk about finding your purpose or finding a passion. And I just felt so out there to me. It's very esoteric. It's kind of, I liken it to that old saying, trying to find the needle in a haystack. Mm-hmm. So, well, at least you know what you're looking for with that. And so for me, like the creation of it is felt much better than, than the finding of it. And so I remember being, being in, in New York, uh, and I remember being like a Tuesday afternoon. And, and this is the story I'll often tell you and is, just felt like I wanted to get through the day. I wanted to get to the evening to see my wife, to see our new newborn baby, to get to the weekend so I can enjoy my time. And I wasn't trying to waste time specifically for wasting time. I just didn't want to be there. And it just kind of dawned on me that really the only person I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> the only person I'm kidding is me. This is my time. It was my Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon, whatever it was. Why should it be? This is just something you've got to get through. Why should it be there? It should be, no, this is something which is my time, which I enjoy, which I love. And, and so from that point, I start to think about, well, how can I start to make, make the changes here? What do, what do I need to do? What's part of the journey? And, and again, that, the principle in my head is, well, it's not all at once. And, and the first thing I did was think, well, what, what have I learned after, over my you know, near 20 years doing uh, financial services? And what do I like doing? So what are the things outside of that, of my life that I like have been themes? Uh, and what can I draw from what I've done in my career? And then start to pull those things together. And I think that's a fantastic exercise for anyone to do that isn't quite clear about what it is. Cause it's not, it's not that you're going to be completely clear. It's just that you need a starting point. Uh, Roger, I'd like to share that. I feel like it's, uh, it, for me, it's in my stomach and that's why I'm, 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 <laughs> It feels like it's there, and it's like the, there's a little spark in, in your stomach. There's just ba- barely enough that you could see it with the lights off. Just this tiny little spark. And your job is to just just protect that spark a little bit and try try and stop stoke it so it turns into a really small flame, and then cultivate that flame. Look after that flame until it starts to be a fire, and it starts to be something that rages inside of you. And that's the passion part of it. But again, many people think it just goes straight to the fire, and in my experience, at least. And a lot of the people I work with, it's just it's just cultivating what you have already. And so for me, the first thing I thought was, well, I, I've always loved health and fitness, and I like people. What? How can I bring that two together? So I did a health coach coaching certification. I learned a lot additionally from what I knew already on top of that. And and then I thought about it, and that's still something I like. It's still a passion for it overall. But where can I add the most value? And so I started to think about, well, bringing you know, my corporate experience, my business experience together. And, and doing that through coaching and consulting. And th- that's where the genesis of the idea came from. And there wasn't any moment really where I thought, aha, I got it. <laughs> it was more of a combination of, of things together. Mm-hmm. And at what point did you get uh, trained in Tony Robbins' system? 
Yeah, uh, so that, that's an amazing process, and it's an amazing group of people with so much knowledge, so much depth. It's it's uh, it's crazy, and I, I did that about three years ago. I applied to uh, the coaching academy, which, as you can imagine, uh, Tony has a lot of followers, um, and it's been about for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And going through that process was super intensive, super Tony style. And you know, I thought, well, if I'm going to do this. Where best place to go than, than the, you know, the person that's been around for the longest, like the peak performance strategist in the world. And, and I applied to go through the process, which was an amazing experience. And I was privileged enough to get chosen from a large group of people to do that uh, and, and get to coach Tony's clients, which is a, is a outstanding experience for sure. So what do you do today? Are you, are you going after your own customers or are you getting a slew of customers through Tony Robbins and his company? Yeah, so, so I, I, I like to continue to work with, with Tony's clients and, and that's uh, amazing because they're, they're spread all over the place and there's a big variety of people that, 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 that uh, come to Tony for coaching. And you know, really that, that's uh, just a testament of how important the principles are because whether it's a, someone in their 40s that are starting a new business, someone in their 30s that is looking to change their career, um, male or female, someone who's in their 70s that is looking to maximize their life, someone who's in their 20s is just starting to starting out and really thinking about how to design their life together. All the applications are specifically different for those people, but the principles are the same. And I'm always looking for patterns between them all, which gives even more power. And it really puts me in a privileged position. That's why I love doing it so much is because I can see okay, this works for one person over here. How can this work for this person over there? And start to bring those things together and give people different perspectives and more opportunities, and, which is just a beautiful thing. And, and so that, that's, that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is, well, as I'm focused through Pro Advisor Coach, uh, it's a great opportunity to, to build relationships with, with potential clients, build relationships with business or individuals to see if it's the right fit or not to work together. And it's just a discussion about, What's going on in your life? What what are you looking for? And and to dive a little bit deeper on that, Rajiv, because if you ask people what they want, they'll they'll generally tell you what they don't want. Have you ever found that? Mm-hmm. I'm sure you see that a lot. It's because I believe we we a lot of the time driven by fear, and the fear asks us to protect ourselves. It asks us to let ourselves off the hook. I can't do it because of something else. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. If you really start to ask the question, what do you really want? If, if you couldn't fail, what, what would you really go after? And even at that point, people would describe for you what their dream life is. But really, what if we throw, excuse me, they, they describe to you what their good life is. But if we throw the good life out and ask what is their dream life, that's when we start to get real answers. Because oftentimes we put ourselves in boxes that we act within those parameters of those box, that box. And well, how can I maximize the, the parameters that I'm working with? Rather than, well, maybe, you know, maybe you're, you're working in the wrong parameters in the first place. It's like, well, you're playing the game of baseball and we, you're telling me what, what you want to do to get really good at playing baseball. And you're making all these little adjustments. And that's cool. Cause it feels like you're getting progress, which is, which it gives us happiness for sure. But there comes a point along the way you realise that wow, I'm really good at really good at baseball, but man, what I really want to do is play basketball, and, and it, it's just to clear to make sure that people are in are in the right focus. They got the ladder up against the right wall. If they could have it any way they wanted it, what would it be? And it's just to explore that conversation. 
and and then and then to put together parameters and create that create okay where do we want to go and, and Stephen Covey said start with the end in mind mm-hmm. and together a plan to to get on that in that process and that's when the magic happens and how do you work with your clients in the sense to measure their progress how do you measure if they're getting the results that they want and is there a system to it is there a process to it yeah 100% scripted 100% flexible uh, in the same way that the principles ap- apply to everyone it's a little bit different for everyone as well and you know that we have some proprietary tools at ProAdvisor coach and we'll create something called um, a vmap which we which we call a virtual momentum action plan which just does that it starts with well where do we want to go and then how do we want to get there what are the things you need to do on a repeatable basis to get to where you want to be and frame those goals in a way that you can measure as I'm sure you see very frequently, most people, even if they set goals, tend to set goals that, that aren't measurable, that aren't setting themselves up for success. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes I can tell, just when they tell me, that they're not going to do that. And I'll just say, <laughs> you're not going to do that goal. I know already. You haven't done anything yet. You haven't attempted to do anything yet. I already know you're not going to succeed. So half the battle oftentimes is getting clear about what that really is. Uh, and one of the things I see so often people do is they'll give you estimates. And, uh, you know, health is always a popular topic. And people say, well, I want to I want to lose between 10 or 15 pounds. And, and from that place, I already know that there's there's opportunity for failure. And, you know, we want to remove as much of that as possible. We give ourselves that wiggle room because what we're saying really is, well, we want to lose 15 pounds, but we okay, we'd be okay with 10. <laughs> I'd much rather have to say it's ten pounds. Ten pounds is the goal, and then that's clearing your mind. Mm-hmm. You haven't told me. You definitely haven't told yourself. Giving yourself that out, and again, it comes back to protecting ourselves. That fear wants to protect ourselves. So if we don't do it, then we can say, "See, it's okay. It wasn't my fault." And and I think what it comes down to, Rajiv, when we're measuring the goals, is a commitment to a standard, which is of mastery of yourself and a mastery of what you are in control of. It doesn't say, it doesn't mean that you're going to be there hundred percent of the time. It just means that that's, that's the process. That's the, the journey of life that we're on, I believe. Sure. So, you know, there are two kinds of people, right? One who are coachable and one who are not. And irrespective of who's coming to you in terms of getting coached, you know, a person has to make it up in his mind that they are coachable and that they do want to leverage a coach from the standpoint of one, to learn something new, two, to be held accountable, three, willing to take action. But when you look at the people that are reaching out to you, how do you work with someone who's not coachable or how do you try to turn them into someone who's coachable? Yeah. Well, I think that's that's a great point. Uh, And and someone shared with me recently that a uh, a jar cannot see its own label, and if you're if you're that jar, and uh, you you can't see what you don't know if you're a, you're a jar of pickles or not because you don't know what's on the outside, and it's uh, ignorance is bliss. It's uh, you don't know what you don't know, and and if if you're in that if you're in that place, it, it scares the life out of me to think about that because there are absolutely and always will be things that I don't see about myself and not having that awareness. So I think that's that's the starting point. So I see that my job is to, to serve people around me with asking them some questions. And I think part of that is going into what, what do they really want 
what do they really want if there were no limitations? And then really coming to coaching is about commitment to themselves. Because as you say, if people aren't coachable, then it's a very, it's a very difficult time being coached. <laughs> it's not what they want. Mm-hmm. And it's just, well, are you, are you committed to, to upgrading yourself? Are you committed to going to the next level? Are you committed to making things better? Are you committed to putting yourself out there? And, you know, if that answer is no, then the answer is no. I think it's very important to meet the clients where they are. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't align with them, you can't, you can't hope to influence them. Uh, and actually, a quote from Tony is that you, you can't influence someone if you don't know what already influences them. And so I think the biggest part here for me is just building relationships with people. I think anytime you attach yourself to the outcome, then there's opportunity for suffering. And so I think the, the, job, the job of a good coach, or really anything in business, because I think this applies anywhere else, when you're looking to, to have new clients come on, you're looking for building your business, it needs to come from a relational point of view. And can I work with this person continually? Uh, is, this, is this a relationship that I really want to have? How can I think I can serve them on a continued basis? So I think, it, I think it's that. It's first of all just asking for their commitment. Are they really open to moving forward? Do, you, do I have their permission to talk to them about changing their life a bit? Do they really want to? Are they in that place? And if it's a case of, yeah, I want to, but I'm not ready, that's an interesting place to be to as well. Because essentially coaching is about agreeing to come on a journey to make things better. Right. Saying so that no matter where you are, no matter how many millions are in the bank, there's always something you can do to make it better. And it doesn't matter. And if, it's, if it, I want more, but I'm not ready, well, what has to happen? Now, <laughs> I'm not ready to start getting ready. Well, if that's the case, then you never will be. <laughs> right. It comes to that, that point is that you have to have that agreement up front of, of what, of why that person is there and why they're looking to explore. And sometimes it's not a fit at all. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes I'm not the right person. Sometimes they are not in the right place. And if that's not something you're interested in, then that's fine because I'm always going to learn something and I hope I can provide some value at least in that interaction. That's how I think about it. What would be a piece of advice that you would give aspiring coaches? Yeah, great question. Thank you very much for that. Uh, so many things are running around my head <laughs> when, I, when I hear that. There's, it depends on, you know, where, wherever you're starting from. In fact, it doesn't depend on where you are. It's wherever you're starting from. It, it's what, what intrigues you about going down that, that road? What intrigues you about coaching people? What does it mean to you? Uh, and then just define what that is. And once you define what that is, you can start to follow that path. And we know that what we do is based on what's in our head. It rarely comes down to the capability. It rarely comes down to the strategy available. It comes down to your mindset and delivering what you want. And first things first, if you want to be a coach, make sure you have a coach. I'm sure most do and have a surround themselves with a, uh, in an environment which they get that, that help and feedback and then just start to put a plan together. So again, principally wise, I'd say it would be the same thing as if I'm working on any sort of business or any sort of career. But just to know that is it something you really want? And that's what it comes down to. And one of the things for me um, that I struggled with, and I use that word purposely in my corporate career was I didn't have a lot of fun during during my my work. It didn't ever feel like fun to me. One of the reasons for that in my beliefs that I had was when I, I started very early, uh, in, in, when I was a teenager doing that, 
And because I was always younger than everyone else, I didn't want to come across as immature. So if I was to enjoy my experience of work, then people might think that I'm immature and wouldn't, and wouldn't give me enough credibility. And so when I switched, I realized there's, there's, there's no, I guess if I boil it, boil it down, IG, this is what it comes down to. There's, I was waiting for a point in my life for which to have my life. Mm -hmm. I'll wait until I'm 25. I'll wait until I'm 30. I'll wait until I get married. I'll wait until this. I'll wait until that. I'll wait until I've got enough money to that. All of those things. And excuses, yeah. Excuses, excuses, <laughs> stories, patterns, limiting beliefs, etc., etc. Just throw all that out because it doesn't matter. All that matters is, are, are you doing the things that you you fulfill, fulfilled? If you look back on what you're doing right now, when you're 95 year, years old and you're sitting in that rocking chair, what are you going to regret? What advice is that person going to give to you? It, it's just throwing those things out and saying, what do I really want to do? If I had all the money I needed in the bank, about $100 million or whatever that arbitrary amount is, what would you do tomorrow? What would you actually do? And this is actually a, an interesting uh, warning sign, if you like, red flag for people that are in, in careers which they've just got into and been there for a long time, is that they're waiting for retirement. Mm -hmm. Waiting. It's not another waiting. I'm waiting for retirement to start my life. And ironically, it's well, whatever you're going to do when you retire, do now. Do now while you can, even if that is going to play golf. What, what can you, how could you move that into something that you actually have a career on? Because ultimately, what's it all about? If you start to extrapolate, extrapolate out why you're doing what you do, you'll find a reason which is much simpler than what you think it is. Okay, I want, I want to get enough money so I can, I can pay my bills. Okay, I want to get enough money so I can have a nice car. I want to have enough money so I can have a nice house. I want to have enough money so I can have enough holidays. I want to have enough money so I could leave this job. And I want to have enough money so I can leave this job so I can start doing X. Well, what is X? And that's different for everyone, of course. So bring that back round. How can you start doing that now? Even if it's something you could start building on the side and then have someone to support you to do that. And, and then things grow exponential from that. It's just saying, look, I don't need to wait for anything. I'm, I only have one life. And I was actually rereading uh, Victor E. Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning recently. And one of his quotes is to live your life as though you were living it for a second time. Mm -hmm. I think right down, that's what we're talking about. Absolutely. And what would be one piece of advice that you would give to people who actually need coaching but are sitting on the fence? Yeah. Explore. Just explore it. So I find something, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of great coaches out there. That is for sure. There's a lot of people, a lot of very genuine people that want to help people and a lot of people that are well-trained, a lot of people have a lot of different experiences. And just explore, have a conversation. You don't need to make a commitment. Just see if it might be something that fits for you. And really that's what it is. It's getting on the journey. It's not a magic pill. It's not a silver bullet. Nothing is. But it's a, it's just deciding that you want to start that journey. And, and one of the things I'll tell uh, my clients or, or, or any people that I talk to about coaching is that just the fact that we're having this conversation means you've made a decision, means that you're on a path, means that you're going somewhere that you weren't going before. You're changing your ultimate outcome because of this. And just see if it's a fit. You know, you can, you can test it out and see, but it does require that commitment. It does require the commitment back to the coachability point that you, you talked about, Rajiv. I would say just explore with someone that resonates with you a little bit. 
Be honest. Because that's what it comes down to for yourself. It's being honest with yourself. We get back to that fear point. We do, we, we, we do things out of fear because we want to protect ourselves from getting hurt. And some, oftentimes it means being honest with ourselves as a starting point. This is great, Nick. So one question I have for you is, since you're on a path of your own in terms of growing your own career or your own life and obviously the path of your passion, what would you like your legacy to be? Yeah, yeah we're, we're all on the path, aren't we? Uh, it's just a different part of the journey. And right. That question, really, I, um, I, had, I, I had a limiting belief that... Uh, you have to be an expert in uh, the utmost expert in a certain field before you can start sharing. And I use the word sharing very purposely as well. And, and if, you know, if that's the case, then how would anyone get to be any, any, anything of substance if they don't share along the way along their journey? So I think that's really where the, the power comes from. None of us have this figured out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a process that we're all going through and it's a never ending process. The only time it stops is when we die. Mm-hmm. It's not that it comes to an end. It just, it just, it just because there, there can't be any more in this realm, at least, you know, depending on what you believe. And, and so it's just come on the journey. You know, just come on the journey. And so I, if I, if I think about what I want to leave in, in my, my legacy, I want, I want to be able to look back and I want to share with my family a meaningful focus of taking charge of myself and doing the things I said I was going to do. And awesome. That's all, because we can't be in charge of the outcome. We don't know what's going to happen. All we can do is be in charge of ourselves. And that's what I like to be, look back and, and say that I've, uh, I did. And that's what my life was about. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nick. How do people reach you? Where can they find you? And those that want to reach you, how do they reach you? Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, so you can absolutely uh, find me on privatevisorcoach.com. And I also have a site that I set up, which I just share. Uh, I, I share often videos, I have a YouTube channel as well, but I set up a, so onemansbalance.com and you can also go on there and, and look at our tool that I put together as well for, for listeners, which is the onemansbalance.com forward slash uh, free hyphen mind scan. Uh, this is a really cool tool to think about your awareness. We talked about, you know, you don't know what you don't know and that's a scary thing. This is a really good way of starting that, that awareness process uh, and, and so that's available for everyone who wants to, to get in there and have a look at that. Thank you so much, Nick. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Look forward to keeping in touch. And hopefully the listeners will take a lesson or two from this and get back in touch. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Rajiv. Hey, I hope you liked that episode. Do check out my website, rajivmudumba.com. And by the way, do check out Top Podcast Mastery Program. That's out there on the website. And If you're interested in podcasting, if you're interested in creating a brand image for who you are and what you have to offer, definitely check that course out. I'm sure it's going to provide you immense value and it'll cut short your journey of researching podcasts by the weeks into a couple of hours to get started and moving on. Thank you very much. 